This is the Financial Coconut, Singapore's first personal finance podcast network. And I'm Timothy Mazier, Editor-in-Chief of Blockhead. Join me and the crew on our weekly Friday segment as we filter out the noise in the crypto space and keep you updated on the ideas that actually matter. This is Blockcast. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. So welcome back to another episode of Blockcast. I am your host, Reggie, a.k.a. your chief financial coconut. Uh, this is uh, Tim Mizir, managing editor at Blockhead. I am Kohan, uh, also editor of Blockhead. How many editors do you guys have? Just the two of us. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. okay, not, not too... <laughs> I was expecting like, yeah, yeah, but whatever, whatever. So yeah, today will be a relatively quiet one since Mark is not around, which is, you know, not always a bad news. You know? <laughs> he, he gets a little bit too noisy. But yeah, it is what it is. So yeah, another another great week in the crypto space. Right? How, how have you guys been doing? How, how Wait, wait, Cole, we need got to follow up on a question from last week right mm. like like we were talking about your rent right? <laughs> and, and what's happening for you man yeah um so actually my rent hasn't gone up yet uh mm. but the my whole area the apartment block the apartments near me they've all gone up by like 50 plus percent wow um, but i think it's true for the entire singapore market i keep checking property guru and everything is just spiking like crazy mm. um but i've gone to the end of the year for it to call a little bit but um it seems like it's not happening so what's going to happen? The whole team's uh, going to shift to KL. <laughs> look yeah, for, maybe. Look for a local girlfriend to move in with. Hey, hey, Or that. Hey, hey? <laughs> Was that your plan, Tim, when you went to Russia? <laughs> <laughs> somehow yeah. that happened. Uh, but, yeah, so, yeah, somehow, it, 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 somehow, it wasn't yeah, a rent. Yeah. It's a natural strategy, right? It, starts with, it all starts with a toothbrush. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. <laughs> wow, we're going there, right? That's a different show. But yeah, one day, yeah. one day we will do that. Yeah. But a lot of great, interesting things happening, you know, um, maybe not just in the crypto space, right? So um probably today we'll talk a little bit about what all these other things are gonna affect the crypto space and all that jazz. So yeah, Tim, you wanna bring us through the very first story, which is on everyone's headlines. Yep. So the first story that I wanted to discuss is first Republic Bank's closure. Well, uh, over the weekend, U.S. regulators seized the bank, right? And then J.P. Morgan quickly swooped in to acquire most of the bank's assets and deposits. And then the FDIC, Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, yeah, uh, they are also coughing up like $13 billion to cover the bank's failure. At least in Blockhead's view or, of, of, of this, the bank's closure signals broader issues in finance beyond cryptocurrency. You know, so for once... It's not our fault. <laughs> <laughs> For once, the media narrative cannot spin it that way. Right? Yeah. Is, is that is that what you're saying? <laughs> and I love how you say in Blockhead's view, right? So oh my god, so PG. Yeah. Yes, please, please continue. <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, unlike Silvergate Bank, Silicon Valley Bank, Signature Bank to an extent, First Republic Bank collapse was not linked to crypto given that it had minimal, uh, if any, exposure to this asset class, mm. right? And um, after the weekend or, or over the weekend after, uh, when these events were unfolding, Bitcoin turned the corner again and started climbing uh, north of 28,000. So it looks like investors are once again turning to digital assets as a safe haven, you know, in that is very uncertain rich. economic times. That is a very rich statement. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we are, we, are, we are a crypto publication, right? We have to push this or at least I, follow that narrative. Yeah. yeah, I get it. But that is very rich, right? I will, I'm not sure if I can put two and two together, right? But I, I can stand by you and say like, <laughs> oh yeah, this one nothing to do with crypto. Stop blaming us, right? This is just like interest rates movement, you know, when you massively do all these changes, bound to have these kind of pop-ups in the financial markets, right? It's, it's, not, it's not a unique case. It should all be seen as collateral damage, you know? Um, if, if you do something to the financial market in such a short period of time, all these things happens, right? So, um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm also wondering how strong the correlation is because, uh, yeah, Bitcoin went up a little bit, but not strong enough to suggest that it's, you know, an inverse relation to First Republic going down and cryptocurrencies going up. Mm. And then I guess the question on everyone's mind is this the end of the banking crisis or not? Like, who's mm. next to go? Mm. Uh, and how, I guess from crypto's point of view, how will that affect it, right? Like, mm -hmm. what were the, we're hoping that, from crypto's point of view, that uh, the Fed will pump more money to help ease the banking crisis. But then, yeah, we, we just don't know, I guess. This is the second biggest US banking fail. So who's next? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, the previous wave, which was not long ago, you know, like... The, previous the, the, wave, the, make it sound like it was years ago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, it's probably like two, two, three weeks, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Two weeks ago, um, while we were having yeah. tea. Yeah. So that, that wave of bank failures, right, linked to crypto market-related fears, right? It triggered yeah. a run because those banks with Signature and Silvergate were seen by the media and the public as crypto banks, which intensified like the run on, on those institutions. Uh, okay, okay. Yeah. Okay. Now, now, now I see your link. So essentially what you're saying is that because this bank has nothing to do with crypto markets and it also messed up. So you're trying to reinforce this idea that actually crypto is safe. Is that where you're going with? Well, no, no, not, not that it's safe, but... Uh, but it can work independently from the financial markets. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that's, again, it goes back to why Bitcoin was created in the first place, right? And how that um, narrative uh, of an alternative financial system that's not dependent on centralized or traditional uh, financial institutions has been built up over you know the past 10 years or so. To a segment of the crypto faithful, um, like... Crypto faithful... <laughs> Bitcoin is still viewed as, uh, you know, the last bastion of, of financial freedom or independence, right? Really? Like the last bastion of financial freedom? The only bastion, I don't the know. The only bastion <laughs> of financial freedom. Okay, okay. But, but I mean, it, it, basically independence from centralized institutions, uh, um, mm. that, that, that's how it was sold in its early days, uh, right? And, and there, there are a few that still champion that narrative. Mm, but I think a lot of the narratives have collapsed, lah. You know, correct, uh, But every time <laughs> over, things over like this, yes, yeah, yeah, the events yeah. like this pop up. You know, these it's guys uh, pop up again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true, it's true. But I think for our listeners, try to see for what it is, right? You know, the reality is the Bitcoin blockchain has been around for like what two decades, you know, or close to two decades, right? So, so it's been around and it has been relatively resilient. 
you know, in a sense of like the system didn't collapse. Yes, the Bitcoin prices move, but the overall ecosystem stayed intact and functioning, right? Throughout this whole period, right? So I think that is something that it's it's an interesting thing, you know, and, and trust takes time to build, especially for the financial structures like that, right? So that one, I can give it to the, to the ecosystem. I think that's valid, right? Mm-hmm. And over the course of this period of this uh, decade or so, there's a lot more innovation that's come upon to try and find use cases for a technology like that. Right. So, okay, great. Well and good. I think those things are good, but I will not allow anybody to go back to the whole like, this is digital gold, you know, runs inverse to the financial market, you know, inflation hedge, all those things, all those narratives have collapsed and they should die and bury themselves. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. You should try to see for what it is. And, and there are yeah. some very good pointers within it. Yeah, I think I, I agree with you somewhat. I think this whole, especially this First Republic crash, has just kind of led people to try and find like alternative safe ways to save their money. And I guess Bitcoin could be one. Mm. I was reading somewhere that actually, despite what people are expecting, that uh, it seems like the small, medium-sized banks are seeing the outflows slowing and deposits increasing again, which kind of suggests, you know, that people don't are distrusting the, the big banks and, you know, quite rightly so, I guess, with First Republic going down. Bear in mind that the first republic, you know, that a lot of their clients, their, their credit risk was like next to zero. It was just like a whole, you know, macro crisis. Yeah, um, yeah. And then you have like banks like, I mean, like Apple right the other day said that they're going to have this high yield savings account that offers like 4.15%. So I think it's just it's just people trying to find alternative ways to save their money um, yeah. in, in a secure environment whether it's crypto or whether it's, yes, like I said, some smaller alternatives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, also a reminder, it's uh, risk is relative, right? It's very different as compared to you putting it in a bank with some sort of FDIC insurance as compared right. to if you put it with like a digital wallet, whether is it with the brokers or with Apple or whatever, you know, and they try to provide you a high interest rate. The reality is they are investing in the money markets fund, right? At the very base, right? So there is risk, uh, relative different risk factors involved. Uh, I think it's very common for a lot of people on the streets, which will be probably our listeners, to compare like, oh my God, these guys are giving like 5%. Those guys are only giving 0.5%, you know, and these guys look relatively trustable, right? Let's go with them, right? But but what is the structure behind, right? So, So that is the part that we can slowly uncover and we can slowly learn but yeah interesting right for once you cannot blame the crypto guys <laughs> it's, <laughs> but, but, it's not a crypto can you fault. look can you can you look to the crypto guys though so i think yeah. that's the, the deeper question right can you look to them yeah. for an answer yeah and it yeah, sounds yeah. like reggie you're not sold on that <laughs> i am not sold on that i'm i'm totally not sold on that <laughs> especially not when staking is becoming more and more of a thing right so so i i think like once you move into proof of stake instead of like proof of work you are fundamentally opening up for the same shenanigan if not the crazier shenanigan of financialization and more speculation within the market right the mm-hmm. the, the beauty about the proof of work structure is that you know it's it's you literally have to run notes and it's it's very complicated to get those things going right it's it's, it's harder to hijack lah but uh, this one now you got money you can hijack but uh, well, of course the discussion is a bit different because uh, it depends on the complex incentive structure at play but we will not go there that one very meta right <laughs> uh, but but I have not particularly sought with that idea well we'll see we'll see uh, as it plays out eventually I'll be the loser I'll be like oh yeah yeah maybe I should have trusted it but yeah we'll see we'll see hmm I mean, on a personal level, Cohen, what what are you doing with your Bitcoin? Are you keeping, selling, um, or keeping it, not buying it, or selling it, not adding? A, no, not. Yeah, I don't know if I can speak for Mark because he can't explain himself. But yesterday, he he just came up to me and said, "I'm selling all my stocks." 
Yeah, he said he sold all his Tesla. And I'm going to buy Bitcoin. <laughs> Guy's a maxi. <laughs> the banking crisis did it for him. Uh. I don't know. He, yeah. He'd been waiting on the sidelines for so long. And then just, this just made him change his mind. What about you, Tim? I have nothing left to throw around, so. <laughs> <laughs> I need to invest in my kids, right? It's a, that is a capital-intensive investment, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, if you don't stack up the capital on your kid, they're going to lose out, right? Uh, that, that's a very different discussion, but it is what it is, right? So, nice, nice. Uh, so, we remain to be to see like, huh, how, how Mark will do in, in a few years' time. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and if he becomes too wealthy he may drop this project also so you know we'll see we'll see <laughs> but yeah the opposite could also happen <laughs> yeah exactly the opposite one happens right so um, that's it for the first story you know hopefully we, we move on from this whole banking crisis thing but I think there's a lot more to unravel as it moves along so yeah we will keep you updated I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. But the second story, it's uh, it's quite interesting, right? So the idea here is the metaverse is shrinking. Tencent and ByteDance aggressive metaverse bets are definitely not paying off. Alongside many other people, it's not just them. So as recently as February, Tencent was announcing ambitious Web3 plans involving the metaverse. Even holding its first global Web3 summit in Singapore, right? Which which no more already lah, huh? So, <laughs> so Tencent <laughs> unveiled a whole basket of Web3 related solutions aimed to promote the Web3 ecosystem system amongst these solutions were like Tencent clouds metaverse in a box you know whatever they call it lah, essentially is to create more solutions and more kind of integrated tech solutions to go about to develop the whole web3 ecosystem but since then, seems like more and more of them has been paddling in the opposite direction, cutting down its metaverse unit, right? Alongside fellow tech giant like ByteDance, which is the owner of TikTok. Yeah. So any thoughts? Is this the end of the metaverse or is it just shrinking? Is it just shrinking? <laughs> I think it's just shrinking. Like I think both of those haven't cut out completely. But like you said, it's a widespread issue. We all know that like meta hasn't been doing as well as it had hoped with it as well. But they're also not cutting out completely. I think it's obviously the metaverse is quite an abstract concept to buy into. I don't want to live in a metaverse. <laughs> yeah. I think that's the thing. I feel like people were never really sold on it and it became an increasingly more difficult product to sell during last year's crypto web three crash. But I don't know. I think I've I've always tried to stay open to these kind of new technologies and stuff. So I, I wouldn't write it off yet. I think it hasn't really had that much of an opportunity to shine i think once the once they hit the market it was the same kind of time when the crypto industry went under um which was not necessarily a direct link you know it wasn't because the metaverse was bad therefore you know fdx crashed right it's not that linked but then people kind of that in their head i guess it's quite synonymous right that the metaverse is linked to crypto the mainstream media needs a narrative so yeah yeah, yeah right exactly so i think it, to be fair to it, it hasn't had that much of a chance to shine mm. so i would like to see something positive come out of it yeah i feel like it's a bit crazy in a sense to ambition like people living 
you know, in, in a metaverse, right? Like, is this really ready player one? Are we really going there, cracking the code every day? But in terms of like experiential learning, in terms of like taking training to the next level, you know, whether is it pilot, whether is it military, whether is it this kind of like high risk kind of development, I think there's a lot, you know, to, to come in from there. You know, whether is it like skin suits that can have those kind of pressure, you know, elements built into them, you know, together with the whole AR, VR kind of thing. I think I think there's all that use cases, you know, but it's not like as exciting as like, oh, people are going to live on this place. I'm like, no, I want to play my cat. I don't want to like, <laughs> like be looking at the screen every day, right? Or like be like immersed with this huge headset over my head every day, right? And, and, and I think that is wow. Yeah. I mean, all this might have just been a bit premature on, yeah, on their parts, right? It is. Our coverage of metaverse-related topics have definitely been shrinking. <laughs> mm, um, definitely. And, and this is just because, like, I, I guess, like, a year and a half, a year ago, every brand just wanted to yeah, have this uh, of sort of link, right? To show that they are... Cool, trendy. So, like, yeah, yeah innovative or whatever. But, but, but all these, like, tech guys, uh, big tech companies that, that, that have been pushing it as well, I mean, at the end of the day, they are just cloud service providers, right? They, they, mm. they want metaverse development because they, they, they are the infrastructure behind it. Yes, um, yes. But the thing is that if, if no one really cares at the end of the day, there are no users and there, there might be brands and service providers on it, but but if the, the user base is just not there, it's not going to go anywhere. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, no, I agree with you, Reggie, that I'd rather not be immersed in this kind of world. But I think to play devil's advocate, right, like you also have to consider the, for example, like the gaming industry is massive, right? And then people do spend time and money being immersed in like virtual digital worlds every day, right, for hours on, on end. So I think that concept is not necessarily lost on people. Yeah. I, but whether yeah. people can fit themselves into the metaverse is, is, is a different thing. And I think in terms of, yeah, yeah I agree with you that the, the headset is extremely clunky, especially, you know, like even with like Oculus, which is the, like the leading headset, I believe, right? Like, it's very clunky. Yeah. But I think that's, that's something that with technology, it'll only improve, right? It'll only slim down, it'll only get, it'll only get thinner, it'll only get lighter. Yeah, and, and the thing is, I don't even like to wear my specs. Why would I want to wear a whole shit <laughs> on my head, hey, right? Is, if, o- <laughs> is the Oculus still yeah. a thing? Because I, I actually demoed it in yeah. 2012. That's 10 years ago. Yeah, so I was, this is the thing, right? So uh, it's a good point, right? So if you consider that, right? Facebook bought Oculus in what, 2012 or something? Yeah. And they've done absolutely nothing with it. Yeah. Right. And so I've always been quite like suspicious of it. Like, why have they not done anything with it? Right. They've clearly got the resources. They've got a lot of money. Right. But they just sat on it. And I guess they were waiting for the right time to like mm. really mm. work on it because it, you're right. It looks exactly the same as it did 12 years ago. And you yeah. consider like how much, for example, like the iPhone has advanced since and everything else in terms of like size and portability. Right. And Oculus hasn't. Right. I think it's just not had its moment yet. Yeah, yeah. And I, I just want to be a bit clearer on, on that, right? A lot of people talk about like hardware shrinking, becoming smaller and lighter. And my thoughts are, you know, a lot of these people don't realize how many la- layers of technological leap that you have to go towards 
to build these kind of things, right? It starts with flexi glass, you know, and then like your microchip has to go even smaller and a lot of your processors yeah. have to run faster. The cooling element need to be on another level. You, you wouldn't want to wear a burning shit on your face. I believe a big <laughs> part of the Oculus thing is the cooling system, right? So yeah, so right. a lot a lot of these things, they take layers of technological breakthrough to even get there. It cannot be seen as a linear progress of like, oh yeah, 10 years down, this shit is just going to string. No, it needs to have like very clear, like, okay, we're going to change this. We're going to break through this. And this is like an engineering problem, right? Which, which to be fair, it took people so long to even coalesce around an improved battery system. <laughs> it's 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 damn hard to do, right? Yeah. So, so Google also killed um, the Google Glass recently, right? Yeah, yeah. So there's just so many hardware projects that died essentially, right? No, but but to be fair, I think a lot of these companies they do need to front these things, right? For for whatever business purposes that they have, and as you know, consumers and observers on the side, like oh, cool, go for it, man. Like it's it's nice and it's interesting to see. You know, new things being built, new things being developed. You know, it's always exciting, right? But objectively, when we are, you know, coming in from a view of like as an investor or as someone trying to like put money around, you know, you really got to ask yourself like, is it so easy? Is this issue going to shrink? You know, it's like, yeah. And I think these are some some clarity that, that we need to have, right? So um, yeah, you will not see me on the metaverse unless I'm paid. Lah, right? If someone <laughs> wants to pay me to host a show in the metaverse, then DM me, okay? Hello at thefinancialcoconut.com. <laughs> I will take up your gig. Right, Re- but- Reggie, is your avatar in the metaverse, are you actually going to look like it or do you have some other vision of yourself in mind? I don't know. Should I? Should I? Should I? <laughs> how, how should... Wait, wait, wait. wait. For, uh, out of curiosity, are you guys going to do that? Out of curiosity, <laughs> are you going to create like a, like a separate thing in, in the metaverse? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I for mean, the fun I'll, of okay. it, right? avatars on them huh. but they, they still resemble our real life selves uh. but okay. I'm just wondering like you 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 seem like you might have an alter ego <laughs> yeah. so 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 what would my alter ego be <laughs> you, you want me to choose for you uh? yeah yeah you choose you choose <laughs> I, I let you decide right so Tim shall decide <laughs> so elaborate come I, I I don't think this is uh this is is kosher for for on air broadcast <laughs> 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 let's not start huh? yeah yeah let's not start let's not start but yeah yeah we, we can have this over coffee right and then for all of you that are truly interested yes i can send you an nft of it right so we will we will go there. <laughs> but yeah uh looking forward to continued development essentially in the metaverse space you know but um i am definitely not the most hopeful of it all so i'm i'm like the forever critic lah Mm. There's another point. Do you guys realize? Did you guys notice that like Singapore seems to be having a lot of metaverse stuff? Like there was that Cabotaland thing, and then I was at the airport the other day, and they've got like Changi metaverse. Like, yeah. what do you think Singapore's Singapore's say, aim is? You know, no, I I don't know about whether it's Singapore's aim, but I mean, I can't I can't speak for the government is pushing, but just observationally, yeah, I don't know. They seem to be trying to push a lot of like like basic services onto the metaverse. Right, yeah. Which is completely unnecessary. Yeah. yeah. Someone in the tech architect inside has, you know, is 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 going on like super excited, lah, just trying all sorts of shit that he sees out there in the market. You know, but it, shout out to the Singapore government. If the first thing you want to solve, please solve your wireless at SG first. <laughs> right? If you truly want to go into this metaverse thing, you want full connectivity, 
solve your wireless SG, <laughs> right? And if, if, that, if that can be solved, oh my God, so many things open up, right? Because you essentially make it so cheap for people to to participate in, in the digital world. No, no, I mean, interesting to hear Cohen's observations as a, as a non-local about, about that. Yeah, it's just um, like just yeah, these two institutions, Capital Land, which is which is a huge huge institution in, in Singapore, and then Changi Airport, right? Like a, that's the brick and mortar of like the the, the city, like that. How it's, I just find it quite interesting that they're they're launching deep into the metaverse, uh, especially at a time when like we we just discussed, right? Like, uh, the, the, yeah, and and, and big I think tech firms are stepping away from it. Just uh, earlier in in April, we also carried a story about OCBC and, yeah, yeah, and, OCBC. and their metaverse uh, plans. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it yeah. could be a traditional bank just moves so slowly so that. <laughs> I mean, when they <laughs> By the time the project out, launch, yeah. the wave already gone. <laughs> I was very okay, surprised when they sent yeah, this yeah. The news release to us like in April. I was like, huh? What? <laughs> why? why? Yeah, why? a bank branch in the metaverse. Hey, no lah. Yeah, like, don't lah, bro. Don't. <laughs> don't, don't, don't. But anyway, cannot say too much. Uh. They are quite a big client of mine. <laughs> 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 but you know some things are really cannot like, cannot cannot very and then, bad and then last year you we know? also covered the tech law fest which was organized by I forget now but like I think law association the theme was metaverse it was held in the metaverse and this is after the pandemic restrictions had been lifted mm. they're still holding a big conference in the metaverse and then they get like you know I mean we had, we covered it so we attended it and it's like on some random metaverse platform, so not even a big one. So there's completely nobody <laughs> anywhere. Yeah, they want to cut costs. Yeah, and, and these are like, <laughs> and there's obviously lots of technical issues because um, this is a an old school industry with uh, very old school types. Uh, I mean, they, they they have no business being in the metaverse anyways, but, but because of this theme, they had to have their uh, meetings and, and presentations in the metaverse. It was very weird and I don't think it was very well received from my observation. I mean, of course, it was interesting, but that, that that's not enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tim just went one round to say that those the lost society just filled with uncles and aunties. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they, they, I, they're having their, yeah, their, yeah. their 2023 conference at, uh, in the next month or two, I think. Yeah. That there's no metaverse related no more, things no there. More metaverse, but guess so they're what? not inviting it's you. It's all anymore. AI. <laughs> it's all <laughs> as expected, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, as expected, they have to try something, mm. right? right? But I've, I have a running theory about the metaverse in a sense that if you live in a smaller and smaller space, the metaverse becomes more and more viable and more and more interesting, oh. right? Because it opens up a whole new brain space that you can interact with given your small little space, you know? But if you live in the suburbs, you live in the, the rural parts of the world, right? Where it's a lot bigger, there are more space for you to like build your own things, grow your own trees, you know, create your own stuff. Like it's there and nobody is governing it. You don't need to like, you know, pay and no license. I mean, there's license, but the authorities is so big they're not going to come down on you. Then the metaverse become not as viable. Right? At least that's the psyche that I'm experiencing. I think, right? I think so, so, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I think that makes sense. But yeah. In terms of these Singapore ones, like I think the capsule one capsule land one that we wrote about, there was like a virtual Charles and Keith, virtual Zook. So they're all the, <laughs> the things that we would experience anyway in Singapore. 
I, th- yeah, yeah. I might be wrong, but I think the Changi one is also like a metaverse of Changi Airport. Huh. So I'm no, not I, even sure that it's that much of a wider experience. No, I don't know. I, I, I think, I I think know. The, you, you make a good point. Yeah, I think the projector should probably tie up with Tomorrowland to do like a virtual Tomorrowland, you know, uh, sub-segment over in Singapore. Yeah, that might I be cool. That could work, you know, but like I really don't need to go to like a virtual Charles and Keith when I can just walk there. <laughs> it's just that. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, but you know instead of paying few thousand dollars to fly to Brussels Brussels right yeah fly to Brussels and go for Tomorrowland and like struggle to get a ticket maybe you know uh, some cool guys can can pick it up and, and become like an alternative touch base you know over here alright so yeah it is what it is but yeah Metaverse, let's see what's the use case as we go along. Mm. So yeah, this brings us to the third story. Go on, go. Yeah, so one of the flagship events in the crypto community, Consensus, um, has just wrapped up in Austin, Texas. We actually went last year, me, Tim, and Mark, um, to go check it out. Um, But it seems like this year, the event is much smaller. There are 231 sponsors compared to last year's 261. The number of highest tier sponsors went down from seven to four. Uh, Mid-tier sponsors shrunk from 20 to just eight. So we're thinking, you know, are these kind of huge international events or even actually local events, you know, are, are are these conventions even worth it anymore considering the cold crypto climate? Yeah, so so I I think you know this is inevitable, right? As the less money slushing around, less interest in the space, then the relative events they were all string, right? So this is this is a, a end of story. Thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> okay, to, to, to drag it out a little bit longer. Um, yeah, yeah. So we went. We also went to uh, Singapore FinTech Festival last year. Yeah, I saw and, your TikTok uh, video. That's that's how I knew you guys. Had the TikTok, TikTok <laughs> channel. I was like, what's that guy doing carrying the beer and disturbing people? Yeah. Right, so that's so, kind of, I don't know how I know you. Yeah, yeah, we went to go irritate people, like he said. But yeah, actually, we, we wanted to find out how much people are spending at these booths, the, the, the vendors themselves. And a lot of them are spending, you know, six figures worth of, you know, of resources, whether it was like dressing up the space or the, the square footage of the space. And we were just thinking like, you know, what's the rate of return for this, right? Like, And this, this was... This was at the peak of the fallout. Yeah, yeah. And this is the peak of the fallout. People are still spending so much money on it. And I guess we just came to the conclusion that all these conventions are just flexing opportunities, right? There's, there's no real... Yeah. They're all admitted, right? There's no real way that we can judge this rate of return. You know, it's not like they're selling anything at the thing. If anything, they're giving away loads of tote bags, all this kind of stuff, right? They're, they're, not, they're not even signing up clients or anything. They're just giving out free stuff and answering a couple of questions. And it, actually, even the questions that we asked them as media about like the company, a lot of them were just hired on the day. And then they just gave us business cards to go contact someone that we could have just found on LinkedIn or whatever, right? So it seems like it's just a flexing mm. opportunity, at least for the crypto space. I mean, Which, you, you you ask them directly, how 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 are you measuring your ROI? Yeah, and they they were pretty much like we can't really, other than like visual footfall. They can count the amount of tote bags that were given out, right? It's very <laughs> like arbitrary things. It's not even like data that they that they can build yeah. upon. Um, but then again, you know, flexing, I guess, is quite an important thing well, in yeah, the I, space, I, right? Like, apart, apart from flexing, at least like from what I recall, like our our chats with with all the various. Uh, booth operators be it exchanges or service providers or whatever and yeah some of them spent up to like half a million dollars just on that week's event um i think 
a lot of them do it to get into the good books of MES. Mm. Um, it, it is an MES event, right? SFF. My support, lah, my support. Yeah, so, you know, if so, so you that's want, the money, if you are planning on getting some sort of license, you need to show that you are spending money supporting the, the industry, I guess. And a, a lot of them, that's what they're doing. And that's what they said. Yeah, yeah. Um, straight up. Without naming yeah. names, yeah. But then, what yeah. about in terms don't, of like consensus? Then, right? If you take the MAS thing out of the equation, I'm sure a lot of these cats are in consensus with massive <laughs> boots. And yeah, for sure, for sure. But I mean, yeah, cons- consensus. It's one of the biggest, right? Globally, optics. Yeah, and and you get to network with regulators as well. Yeah, true, true. Yeah. Uh, it's a it's a it's a it's a lobbying thing. Yeah, I mean, it's covered by the the largest international media. I think last year when we were there. FTX was one of the main yeah. sponsors. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they need to invite me, then I got something to say. <laughs> right. At this moment, at this moment in time, I only can say no more tote bags. Please stop giving out tote bags. But to, to, right. to be fair, like, right. I have so many tote bags, including your tote bags. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> enough guys if you're all for sustainability please no tote bags right ask people bring their tote bag use a chop and chop on that you know like like enough we we're gonna we we're gonna do blockhead boxes at one point for March oh my goodness <laughs> oh my goodness control yourself but, but do you know like at, at consensus last year okay yeah you have all this like lobbying and like, like the big sponsored stages and all that they're all saying the same thing quite boring you know nothing new is being said it was the smaller stages that were a lot more interesting right yeah yeah yeah. isn't that with media isn't that how it is yeah all the big stages they all say the same shit all the big broadcasters you know they're paid by the same guys they are battling a certain area you always have to go into the alt media yeah the side rooms and all that there's only like a handful of people like those were super interesting there was like that whack job uh, stage right where there were just like crazies (laughs) that were brought on like borderline like conspiracy theories it was only conspiracy theories (laughs) world domination (laughs) theories and Tim and I were just like oh (laughs) like (laughs) watching these guys I will stay there I'll be like Oh, so much to cover. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But anyway, um, um, ne- next month there's ETH Korea, and then after that, IVS Crypto in in Japan, which is like the largest Japan's largest crypto conference. Hmm. We're invited to both of them, but it doesn't seem like we're gonna go, lah. Really, you're too busy, ah. You I can mean, send me, I'm a rep. I can rep. <laughs> <laughs> You can outsource, send out guys. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's a mix of, yeah. Like, there just doesn't seem to be that much going on that, that you need to be there to cover. Um, yeah. yeah like, like you said, like, everything is shrinking. It's a bit of a lull. Uh, yeah. Yeah. There's so a period last year where it was like every week we were going to something. There was some sort of crypto event, this, that, the other, or some company was throwing this party, that party. It was really busy last year. This year it's like once a month, maybe. Like it's mm-hmm. definitely shrinking. But there's yeah. also there's also a lot of D-list crypto conferences happening now, right? <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah, what? True. Yeah. True. There's so many and they're always organized by just like an events company, Chinese. So like all, all the panelists is just like a bunch of people that no one has ever heard of. They're not doing anything. They're just like copy paste kind of projects. But these conferences happen like very frequently over here. Um, like a tiny ballroom feels like a pyramid scheme presentation. I don't know. Like we, <laughs> we did like media coverage for one and then like after this was like forget it. Like, like no. Like like they all is. promised to be the biggest crypto conference this year and... You just go there and it's like, what? 
what, what is the fuck going is this, on? right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's either people like Tim said that no one knows who they are, or the people that we know who they are, we know that actually they're not like <laughs> very big at all and have been picked to picked to speak as experts. So yeah, like yeah. Tim said, delisters. Yeah, you, so you I mean, very very few that are worth attending and worth paying for. Uh, I would say that almost none are worth paying for, even the big ones. Yeah. Great. So after ten minutes of listening, I think. Yeah, that is the that's the takeaway la. Save yeah. money la this week. Yeah. <laughs> this, this year don't no, no go for the conferences. Never no, mind. No. It's okay. Stay at home, relax. Yep. You know? The time you're not, you're not getting any alpha, la. Put it that way. Yeah, 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 yeah. Great, great, great. So that is a great financial tip, guys. <laughs> right. Hey, a lot of these things are very expensive. Man, Ma Juan fly all the way and do all that shenanigan. Mm. So yeah, just relax, you know, take a break. Uh I do think it's gonna be quite a slow period. In many other industries are firing people. So um a lot of good jazz <laughs> coming in. And now everything AI is to blame. Now. Everything blame AI, right? So, uh, yeah. We- Mom deserves the best. And there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. We will see. We will see. So yes, uh, any other last takes for today, guys? Okay, can I just ask? We're, we're trying to grow our membership base. It's free uh, because now we're starting to put out a daily uh, news roundup as well. So if you're listening, please check out blockhead.co and get on the mailing list. Yeah. Don't stop, I say. Haven't plugged, uh, haven't plugged Blockhead before, Yeah, you yeah. must plug, must yeah. plug. So head over to <laughs> blockhead.co and sign up for their mailing list. You also can sign up for our mailing list. Yeah. <laughs> so so head over to the yeah. financialcoconut.com for mailing list. We are launching quite a few new programs. We're planning some events. So a lot of good jazz coming, right? We get A-listers, uh, don't worry. Uh. We don't have anywhere before. <laughs> All right, so we're very, very lit, man. Okay, so yeah, that's it for this week. We'll see all of you next week right here on Blockcast. Thanks. Bye, guys. Bye. Hey Coconuts, so yes, uh, I hope you enjoy this new show that we're building together with the team at Blockhead and uh, the goal is very clear, right? We're not here to shield any token or be a cheerleader for any project but we feel that there's a lot of development that's going on in this space that we could cover and continue to be a little bit smarter um, as investors. I mean, eventually you tune in every week to a financial podcast network so that you can be smarter with your investments and if it so happened, this is something that you're looking at the crypto space, Web3, Metaverse, all these kind of stuff then that is where we're trying to cover but not from the angle of like this is good that is bad but really trying to see it from like what is happening how is it developing and I hope you find this useful and interesting right so if you want to continue to get more coverage around the crypto space check out blockhead.co and then we will see you next week